Hi folks, this is Andy Neal for the Play for Keeps podcast, an initiative of the Ashland New Plays Festival in Ashland, Oregon. Here at Play for Keeps, we are recording compelling new plays with world-class actors, along with conversations with playwrights and actors, and sharing them here with you through our podcast, making theater accessible on demand to audiences far and wide. We have created this series of podcasts to let you in on the front lines of new works for stage. Today, we have a conversation between Tara Palmquist, Jason Delaney Lee, and Yvonne Huffley. Tara Palmquist writes plays that merge the personal, the political, and the poetic. She was a winner at AMPF 2019 with her play The Way North, directed by Kim Moore, which was also a finalist at the 2018 Eugene O'Neill National Playwrights Conference, the 2019 Blue Ink Playwrights Award, and was an honorable mention for the 2019 Kilroy's List. Now Tara is working with the Lower Depth Theater Ensemble on Safe Harbor, a play commissioned for their Cycles of Violence series. The series deals with the issues of sex trafficking and is powerfully told. It's resonating with audiences as compelling, chilling, and important. You still have a chance to see it in LA's Zephyr Theater through December 15th. Jason Delane Lee and Yvonne Huffley are both actors, philanthropists, and co-CEOs of the production company Laglaring Group and founding members of the Lower Depth Theater Ensemble. In addition to commissioning Safe Harbor, both are also part of the cast bringing that story to life. Now, without any further ado, a conversation between Tara Palmquist, Jason Delane Lee, and Yvonne Huffley. Good morning, Tara Palmquist. How are you? Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Yvonne. I'm great. Good morning. Good. 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 Well, it's been such a it's been such a creative blast working with you again uh, on Safe Harbor. Um, I'm remembering uh, fondly the uh, when we met up in up in Denver at DCPA when we were first workshopping your uh, wonderful play Two Degrees, and I uh, had such a great time with you both the workshop and the and the world premiere of that production. Well, thanks. I mean, it was, that was great. And it was, I still remember vividly the moment that Yvonne came up to me in the bar and said, so, so you probably know that Jason and I are part of this theater company in Los Angeles and we're doing this commissioning thing. And I was like, it was, it was such a, a moment that was um, for me, both completely humbling, but also like, wait, what? You want me to do what? You want me to do what? Um, so um, it, I, I was still kind of pinching myself a little bit at that moment um, and, and continue to kind of pinch myself. Um, but also I just felt such, um, it, it was such a boost to me that you both asked me to do this. Um, I couldn't quite believe that it had happened. So um, for us that you said yes, uh, it was, it, it's, it's tremendous boost for us that you said yes. The, I've been saying, uh, after, to, after audiences come to see, um, Safe Harbor, I've been saying to a lot of people, uh, the story of how we met and, uh, when you, you know, explored the themes, uh, surrounding, uh, issues surrounding climate change and you humanize the characters in such a, a deep and personal and intimate way, uh, I knew instantly that we were like you know this is exactly the type of a playwright and an artist that we need at lower depth to take uh to take on this first play of our cycle of violence yeah, and, and i didn't actually have the opportunity to work with you on on two degrees i just remember jason saying that he loved you and your husband and then i went to go see a show at water at water theater um oh yeah 
name yeah. of the play. Yeah. That play was And Then They Fell. Yes. They fell. Yes, exactly. It was And Then They Fell. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, she's taking on these social issues in like such a really intimate way. And I thought, and as we were thinking of playwrights, I thought, and then that, and then of course, then I saw, then I saw Two Degrees and I thought, she seems some like somebody who innately has in her work art arts advocacy without trying to preach be preachy to people. So that's really how it all came Tira, together. Tira, where do you think for you that sensibility in your in your craft, in your playwriting craft came from to take to take on where do you think that where did that come from in your experiences? I think it has to have started with my childhood. Um, my dad was a minister. Uh, and so, and he was a Lutheran minister, one of the good Lutherans. Sorry, bad Lutherans. <laughs> if I've offended you, I didn't mean to, but you know, that's what you, we used to say. He was one of the good Lutherans, ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. Um, and uh, that, the, so I grew up in a house where outreach uh, was part of the game, right? Um, you know, dad going out on his calls, right? Every week that he would, you know, his his work as a minister didn't stop and start at the, at the pulpit, right? Um, he would be out in the community. He would be visiting people. Um, and so I grew up with that sort of in my back pocket. Yeah. And even though I knew I was never going to pursue any life uh, in religion, uh, uh, still that the the necessity of of attending to others and caring for others in a really I- immediate way, right? Bringing them a meal, um, checking in on them, that kind of stuff, I think was always part of my childhood. Um, but also growing up in a in a household that valued stories, right? Uh, I mean, that's really where you know the. I think my father's initial, um, uh, his initial interest in religion, he didn't grow up in a religious home at all. And he wasn't introduced to the church until he was in high school, I think. Um, And it was really the power of the story that grabbed him, right? So I think those things together um, certainly have... um, uh, inspired me, or you know, even if I didn't realize it was an inspiration. Um, but then I also think that I just know that it's always been important for me that as theater artists, I mean, the 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 theater that moves me, the theater that I'm interested in, that I'm willing to spend money on, that I'm I'm happy to see in the world is theater that engages with the rest of the world. Um, it's fine, it, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to demean or belittle shows that are merely entertainment, right? Like big splashy musicals, good job, great, keep doing that. Um, comedies, farces, all of that stuff, but even that kind of theater is rooted in, it comes right down to the, you know, the, the fundamental uh, questions. What's the problem? Where's the conflict? Where's the solution? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. for me, it just sort of unfolds into something else about, okay, how can we as theater artists be in conversation with the rest of the world to, to matter to, and it's, you know, it's part of 
are, you know, your at lower depth, your ongoing mission of of telling stories that matter, but also engaging with audiences, um, yeah. broadening that scope of influence. I think that that's really important. If we continue to just tell stories to a really narrow audience bandwidth um, yeah. and audience demographic, we're going to keep uh, that's that's the path of becoming less and less um, uh impactful, but also just the, uh, will cease to be um, meaningful, will cease to have any real purpose, right? As far as I'm concerned. The relevancy of, of, of the theater, the immediacy of theater, absolutely, we share that 100%. We, I, I often say that if we had, if I had answers, I would run for office. I have a lot of questions. And <laughs> right. the art that I like to go after it's 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 in the asking of the questions and uh, to, to your childhood point it, it, I've got to share the, uh, the the small world world interconnectivity of this whole uh, relationship because you're from Albert Lee Minnesota mm-hmm. so was my father it's forgetting about that right so was my father so I, you know there's not that many people I've met in my in my travels outside of my adopted family that uh, that a is from Albert Lee, Minnesota, or B knows where Albert Lee, Minnesota is. So I, love that. I love that connectivity. They're, in a strange way, you guys could actually be related yes. and not know yes. that you are. We got to look back and <laughs> gotta... see where the family tree is here and find out if his dad, but you know, yeah, some, second, somewhere, third, fourth cousin, somewhere like in that. the line. Yeah, but the uh, the perp, the the drive we shared one hundred percent of what you just shared about the the, the immediacy and the the the. The, uh, of, of live theater, right? Especially in this day and age of social media where we can oftentimes get into our own uh, vacuum and we can, you know, we can, we can lose sight of our own, uh, of our, our, of our commonality and, and our shared experiences and to tell stories on a broad scope and a broad scale are, are, is, is for us as actors and producers, what it's all about. And, and to your point about, you know, making how, how is, how does theater consistently remain relevant and speak mm-hmm. to what's happening now. Yeah. Uh, so when we started the commission series, and that's why it was such a, such a great, for you to be so focused on the kind of storytelling you wanted to tell for lower depth to kind of figure out, because we were always trying to find other playwrights who, who talked about what we wanted to talk about. But when we decided to say, as a theater company, no, 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 that's not working out for us as a small company, let's create new theater. Mm-hmm. And then we started this commission series, and then we figured yeah. out that we were all had questions about how do you maintain hope in the face of violence. And we started this, you know, this cycle of violence commission series. Um, it was all about how do we speak to what's happening right now, and and it all began because it was a part of, I think, for us, an answer to what happened, you know, at the end of the election process in 2016. Yeah. How do, how do we make what we do matter now? Yeah. The, the you know, how can I? Now. How can we take our superpower and combine it with your superpower, Tara, and Jason's superpower, Greg and Marilyn's superpower, and go? Okay, this is what we know how to do. Let's say something right now. I, I also share the upbringing, uh, not uh, of being a, a man of um, of belief, but not necessarily of of a, of a set sect of faith. Uh, I was raised in the Presbyterian Church, uh, and uh, I will always remember performance-wise, uh, second grade, I was uh, cast as a Bendigo in the Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo uh, story. 
and uh, we were dancing with uh, what, what's the what's the paper the 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 paper that the colored paper that I, I want to say paper mache but it's the the colored paper that if you put a fan to it it blows and confetti it, no but it, no? it was like the this paper that that formed the fire so we were sitting basically we we're staged to sit around the, these these uh the, the, in the flames and uh, I just remember to this day I always remember making everyone laugh <laughs> and the congregation smile and I remember that feeling of uh of making a, a group of people react to in that instance laughter and in our instance with what we're exploring with safe harbor feel in a deep and profound way the power of 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 performance and story to really make an audience respond i love that feeling yeah what was your first play tira my first play um well my... and it doesn't have to be the one that people have seen and maybe the one that nobody's seen no it won't be a play that anybody has seen um well first of all uh, this this question got asked when i was at ashland and we were doing a workshop with the public uh, Beth Kander had asked the question of us, and I sort of laughed because I said, well, my first play actually um, was a collaborative play that we wrote in fifth grade. There was a bunch of us that felt like cheated somehow that we didn't have a theater program in our fifth grade, whatever. So we wrote a play together. I don't even remember what it was about. I just remember at one point I was like this grandmother, like picking apples in the forest. I don't know. It was kind of silly um but you know my brother came to see it like we put it on ourselves we like we did everything ourselves um yeah. and so that was really my first play uh but the first play i wrote um is pro fortunately i think lost to time it was when i was in grad school um i was i was getting my degree as a poet i was getting my mfa in poetry here in California at UCI, and I did. Um, I decided to take a uh, an independent study course with the then person who was teaching playwriting in the theater department. And so I took this. I had this long poem. And it was going to sound a little insane. I had taken this long poem, and and I decided to turn the poem into a play. And just as an experiment, uh, because I have a, a history or, a, a you know, I'd been in the theater since the time I was a kid. I studied theater and acting when I was an undergraduate. I was like, well, you know, I should, let's try it. Let's just try it. Um, it was probably terrible. I don't know. It's gone. I have no hard copy of this play. Um, there's probably some old media something with it on that I can't open anymore, which is fine. Um, I remember the impulse of the play and I remember um, it, every once in a while I think I should go back because it was a really good title. If, even if I just resurrect the title and, and rewrite it. Um, but that sort of um, that experience of working on this play uh, really the, the bug struck, right? And um, and even though I graduated with my degree in poetry, and even though I was really, you know, at that point committed to being a poet and publishing poetry, et cetera, um, that, that uh, experience of having written something for, for performance and being back in a room with actors again, that was infectious. Um, so, yeah. So no, I, I transitioned. I hear, the, I hear the poetry in your, in your, in your, in your writing. I, 
I heard it definitely in uh, in two degrees, and I definitely hear it between uh, your characters Sasha and Michaela in Safe Harbor, um, and in, in a couple of very beautiful, uh, uh, beautifully written scenes. Um, and so it's 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 really a reward for theater to have that your voice explore both the poetry and the and also the wonderful unique way of communication, right? Like. Yeah. The overlapping, the the flow, your flow of dialogue is so poetically rich, but also honest and true, which I guess is quite the same the same thing. Um, and it's just it's 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 cool being it's cool to be able to speak your words on stage. Yeah, yeah. there were you should know. I mean, you're I know you're you're not there for for every performance, but but yesterday for Safe Harbor, um, Dr. Stephanie Powell who um, is the... Sunday. Well, oh, sorry, today's Tuesday. Okay, Sunday's matinee. <laughs> um, she came and she did the talk back, and, you know, it, as she is someone who works with Journey Out and she helps survivors get out of the life and um, help them be on track. And she, um, in terms of, like, the way that you... She really felt like you took us up to the line of an audience not of you could be traumatized but you're not but you certainly see the dark and the light of it all and she said that there was so much about what you wrote in safe harbor um that was just revealing what happens in the world of commercially sex trafficked youth yeah. um and and also expressed the hope that she tries to bring to every child that comes through her doors and then last night Another friend of ours came and he said, you know, it was so well researched. It was so well and so That's artistically right. and beautifully done that the, that your, your, your superpower of poetry allowed him into the world in a way that, um, um, that it was, uh, it held him with tension, but at the same time, um, was like very gracious in allowing him to see the inner lives of these young women. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. I, that's that's really um, uh, that's super gratifying to hear. I know that when you know when you came to me with the list of of topics that you were interested in exploring, and I looked at them all, and I was like, "Wow, there's some that's some super dark shit there." Um, but then I thought, "Well, um, that's why we do this, right? This is why we um, why we engage with what we engage in." and but when I was starting the process of doing the research, I really did think about just what um, uh, Dr. Powell had talked about, like that, that taking how close to the line could I take the audience in this piece without making them feel like they had to get up and leave the theater? Right, without beating them up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, opening night, I was talking with um, Shay, one of uh, Roel's friends who came to the show. And and he said, um, he said, yeah, there was a part that was really, uh, I felt re re really starting to get squirmy. He used the word squirmy. And I was like, oh, okay, good. But it was, and he described when it happened. I was like, yeah, I was actually something I was thinking about, like how early can I start to make the audience squirm? Because if it's like an hour and a half of squirming, that's probably too much, right? Um, if it's, if we begin the play with 
you know, shocking and appalling the audience from word go, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to lean forward. They're not going to be able to engage. They're not going to be able to see themselves in it. Yeah. You, when we first had a, it's like one, one of our questions for you, Tara, is what's your writing process like? Now we feel like we know through this process that we've been on, because it's been a good 18 months, right? That yeah. And several drafts yeah. of this. So we've seen you kind of navigate this. But I remember the first night we had a house uh, and the laughter that came in the first 20 to 25 minutes, the, the, the human humor, right? The, the not levity, not, not da, 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 ha, you know, but just right. the, the real shit when right. just, just people behaving, fathers and daughters, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, uh, you know, people who just meet randomly on the street, the, the, the humor that came out, that comes out of those situations that you've mined and explored in your writing, I feel makes the audience Put their care even more, drop their cars and care even yeah. more about the people that they're watching experience this. Yeah. And we needed that audience to figure that part out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because right. everyone was working so hard. Yeah. Like we need to hear, oh, oh, you're right. I remember when I first read that. Yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yvonne, yeah. I have a question for you, Roland. Sure. You've mentioned your our, your superpowers. Uh, no, a I just, times. this, what, this, this what, conversation has inspired <laughs> me about what are my superpowers. What are your superpowers? I, I know what they are. We're, we're, we're married. So, uh, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, well, I, I think it's, I think it's being an artist. I think it's being curious about other people and their experience. Um, and, and it is the power of questioning. I feel like that's my superpower, especially when, um, when, when, uh, if communication has been, is being, is not, is breaking down when, um, you know, trying to figure out like, I have something to say about the world. What can I do? Um, like, what is that thing that is special about me that I share with a group of people that I can share with a group of people? Um, mm -hmm. And so I feel like storytelling and art grounds me every time. Reviews, <laughs> critics, all that other shit, that's like, that's like unimportant. And it's always coming back to, um, you know, what is the way that I feel that I can most effectively speak to a community? And that translates into what you both do with Lager Lane too, right? It's not just your work in the theater, but it's in the, the projects that you choose to um, invest in and bring to the world, that there, that's the thread, right? Yes, yes. Thank you for saying that. We, uh, Tara, thank you. We, um, as we lean forward as actors, actors are what brought us to the game coming up in Chicago theater in the late 90s. Uh, but uh, we've we've expanded, I feel, into storytelling artists uh, on the producing scale as well. Lager Lanes, our uh, uh, our film finance and development company, and uh, we've been very uh, active in both the narrative and documentary film space. Uh, while we also, I like to think, stay true to our craft as theater actors as well. Mm -hmm. um, but but all of that is to say we fully believe in the power of story to not just change lives, but help save lives. Yeah. And I mean, even in, in, in Logger Lane, you know, one of the reasons that we're, we're working with you as well, Tara, is that part of our mission in terms of that particular company 
is that you know how do we uh, how do we raise the platform platform for women's voices? How do we raise the platform for uh, people of color of LGBTQ of anyone who has at any point that we can yeah. see that in the world of storytelling there's not enough of it um, underrepresented and, quote unquote right like underrepresented voices marginalized voices voices that aren't uh, uncommon voices I believe is literally in our mission mm-hmm. uh, whatever that all means for an audience to to to, to chew on those are the the, the voices of the, who, who take on the issues. With with truth and honesty and a deep reveal that we are uh, that we are all about supporting. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, I've, I'm interested in your work here at um, Seven Devils. I've oh, seen yeah. you very very active on social media recently. You raised your money. You got, yeah. Can you, can you, yeah. <laughs> can you speak about your work there at Seven Devils? Yeah. Um, I started up. Uh, applying to Seven Devils, oh gosh, it was, you know, I don't remember how long ago it was, but I had uh, I had applied with plays or had sent plays to workshop there, um, you know, several times. And every time, you know, I would get rejected. You know, this was back in the days when uh, Jenny Mahoney, the artistic director, would actually send letters. <laughs> um, and there would be a little handwritten note at the bottom. Um, and... I knew that, you know, people don't need to do that, right? They don't need to take the time to do the handwritten note. So I paid attention to that. Um, And every time the handwritten rejection note got a little nicer, got more encouraging. And I was like, I'm going to keep trying, you know, I will will send another play. So so the first play that I worked up there was in 2012. Um, And for for people who don't know what Seven Devils Playwrights Conference is, let me just say that it's it's a place that is about developing plays on the playwright's terms um, is a phrase that you'll hear people at Seven Devils say, and it's it's meant deeply and profoundly as a truth there, that their mission is to help the playwright uncover the, the real truth of that play, and it's providing the resources to help the playwright do that. Um, one of the reasons that it's, there's a long story about why it takes place in McCall, Idaho. Uh, I won't tell that story now, but I will say that one of the benefits of it being in McCall, Idaho, is that everybody is in this little tiny mountain town um, on the shores of Payette Lake, and it's just beautiful and isolated and remote, which is an advantage, frankly, that we're not doing this in the midst of New York City, where we have, you know, 17 million things um, all distracting us and vying for our attention. We're in McCall, Idaho, where the things vying for our attention are the lake and the mountains and, and the beauty of the, the area. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. so we all gather there for two weeks to work on plays. Um, Jenny brings in directors and dramaturgs and actors and interns and stage managers from all over the country who are all committed to the prospect, the deep and kind of scary prospect of working on a new play. Um, The trust that's involved in doing that um, is really important that every day we don't know what's gonna happen. Um, and, And the one thing that's really wonderful about Seven Devils is that, 
as Jenny says, the playwright has the right to write. Um, and yeah. by that, we mean that all the time the playwright has a right to write and change things. There's a public reading that happens uh, at the end of the playwright's week there. But the playwright can be giving new pages to the actors to like 15 minutes before the, you know, we actually go lights up and go and read or you know, do the play. Um, so there is this remarkable freedom of taking risks. Um, you know, uh, Jenny also says, you know, each play comes to the conference at a different place and leaves at a different place. And sometimes uh, our, we think our job is to fix the play, right? Everybody who's coming to help with the playwright. We think our job is to fix the play. That's not our job at all. Yeah. Our job is not to fix the play. Our job is there to reveal the play. Yes. To the playwright. Um, and that may mean that we spend all week making mistakes, that the playwright spends all week making mistakes. And if at the end of the week, the playwright hears the play read and realizes, oh, gosh, no, that's not what I meant at all, then we've done our job, right? It's not about being perfect and it's not about polishing it and it's not about making it done. It's about taking that week to really explore the possibilities. Um, and that's what's really wonderful and exciting about the work. And that's why I believe so strongly in it. Um, you know, I went there as a playwright. I had an amazing experience working on this play, Ten Mile Lake. Um, uh, I came back. Uh, a couple of years later, Jenny asked me to be a dramaturg. Uh, at the conference, and I said, but Jenny, I've never been a dramaturg. And she laughed, and she said, what do you mean? You're already a dramaturg. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Deep that dive into research, yes. Yeah. So, so I went and I and I did my first, you know, professional gig dramaturging for somebody else's play. Um, and I realized, oh, yeah, I do know. I Yes, I can do this. Not only do I know how to to talk about plays, I'm an educator and I know how to, and I'm, and as a playwright to say, no, I'm not there to fix your play. I'm not there to give you the answers. I'm there to help you with your process. I'm help you there to help you guide your own process. So I went back again as a dramaturg and director several more times. I went back again as a playwright with my play, The Way North, most, most recently, but a couple of years ago, uh, they approached me and asked me if I wanted to be on the board. Another thing that I'd never done before. And I was like, oh, that's really scary. I have no idea. But then when I realized that, you know, oh, it just means being um, the super advocate for the things that we do. I was like, great, then I can do that. So next year in June, I will be the president of the board. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. wow. What, a, what a great, fantastic part of the story that is. Yeah, awesome. that is great. Um, it's awesome. Which is, again, kind of scary to me because I, uh, you know, I've never been the president of a board, but uh, I, I just feel really strongly about, um, I feel really strongly about the organization. I feel very strongly about what they do um, and that uh, there are few places that, that embrace the really profound 
um, work of new play development as well as Seven Devils does. I've been at other places that do a good job, and I've been to a couple of places that do a very good job. But I've also been in play development opportunities where it's like, oh, you actually don't know what that means. You think right. you're new play development, but you're actually not. And the fact that you don't understand that you're not doing that is a little concerning to me. So, um yeah. We share a similar, uh, that sounds like an awesome, awesome organization. And, uh, and and I, I look forward to learning more about Seven Devils' work. We came up in Chicago theater, and our home theater in Chicago uh, was, it, it was Victory Gardens Theater. Mm-hmm. Victory Gardens is, is well known as being the, 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 the playwrights theater of, of, of Chicago. And so we worked on, Yvonne and I both worked on a lot of world premiere plays uh, the type of experiences where you go into the first week of rehearsal with the first act, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 you allow the the playwright to to bring in page upon page and 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 and, and, we, and we voice them as actors and and, and the play gets uh, gets created. Uh, that is very much part of the DNA of Lower Depth Theater Ensemble that that, that Ivana and I have brought from Chicago, which is this new play exploration. And um, I I. I there's I, there's a I get a lot of excitement as an actor, um, voicing uh, uh, and exploring new plays with with with, with playwrights. It's it's, yeah. it's a lot of uh, my my point is early on in Lower Depth's uh, experience. This was also around 2012. We produced the play Elmina's Kitchen by Kwame Kwarma, and he joined us for opening night. And I'll always remember the conversation that we had about his experience writing that play. Uh, he's back in London now, and but he was speaking specifically about center stage in Baltimore, about being able to provide a playwright with time and space to mm. create. That, I, that has lasted for me. I'm not a playwright. I'm an, I'm, I'm an actor. I need time and space to memorize. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, which is which is becoming hard to do with three kids or <laughs> at home, but yeah. but uh, but that I, it's it, it. I'll go so far to say that's holy time, right? For to like you said about being up there in Idaho, having the time to to create is and and tell your story is uh, what we're striving to provide at at lower depth as well. Yeah, I, I think what I love about uh, about working on new plays is. Um, I love uh, getting new pages and seeing like what did, okay what did she change or what did he change and what does that mean like mm-hmm. there are a couple of lines even in Safe Harbor I was like oh she changed that word yeah she changed it from yeah. look to love or oh wait a minute there's not a well in there anymore it's just <laughs> it's just this one part <laughs> or you know or there is a well then uh then and oh yeah and trying to you know trying to get inside like what that rhythm is mm-hmm. and and then on the page in particular this this play like it seems it's seemingly um simple almost filmic but in the power of theater there's this internal rhythm yeah this emotional internal rhythm and once you can really kind of keep digging and digging and digging and getting what that emotional rhythm is, then all of a sudden the play opens up in a totally different mm. way. And that's the actor's yeah. joy, right? Like go, no, it's go back to the script, go back to the script, right? Yeah. Like it's, Always don't like, paraphrase, go back to the script and, right. and, and, and dig in deeper. Yeah. Well, so. And that's the real 
um, you know, for me, the joy, the real profound joy um, of working in collaboration with actors is that if the actors really are revealing your play, well, then you really have to listen to what they're, you know, and to be in the room and to make those, those uh, find those revelations um, is just so, oh, it's just, it makes me so happy. Um, and I literally couldn't do it without actors. Um, uh, but it's, it's one of the things that I do love about new play development. And one of the reasons why for me being a playwright ended up being much more, um, uh, my right career path as opposed to being a poet. Um, being a poet felt so isolating, isolated and isolating for me. Um, there I was, you know, writing my poems in my office and then sending them off. And, you know, the, somebody might read them at some point, but I wouldn't never know. And not being in the same room with the rest of the world just felt like the world kept getting smaller and smaller. Um, but uh, the collaborative work of the theater, um, yes, it's about the collaborative work with your fellow theater artists but then there's the collaboration with the audience that every night it's a brand new collaboration with a brand new audience um where do you where do your besides say you know an actor and and his actress wife who you've worked with before comes to you and says hey could you write us a play about you know child sex trafficking where do you find your inspiration where, where do where do in your creative process where do your ideas come from is it observational? Is it, you know, it's, it's observational, but it's also, um, I almost every, well, I wouldn't say every one of my plays, but a lot of my plays come from things from, from the newspaper, from a headline that I'll read, um, from an article that I'll read that, um, and I, I, I don't know that it, it's not like I'm, trying to write topical plays like ooh what what's the next new you know buzzy headline that's happening that I want to make sure I write a play about it's just that these things intrigue me move me make me lean in um and then suddenly I find the story in it for example um and my play Age of Bees started as a an article my brother I don't know why he did this but you know Thank you, Michael. He sent me an article about colony collapse disorder. Mm. Apropos of nothing. It just came in the mail. And I was like, oh, okay, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, and it was a distressing article. Uh, of course, colony collapse disorder is very distressing. Um, but when I was in the middle of reading the article, I knew it was going to be my next play. I had no idea what the play was going to be. I just knew it was. Um, and then, but it was that process of going from the headline, from the article, from the facts to finding the story in it was my, that was the necessary process for me. Um, like, who, for whom is this an issue? Who's impacted by it? Who are the people involved in this story? And then what is their story? And then why is this happening? Um, that's the that's the rabbit hole that I fall down into as a dramatist. Um, 
And I think that that's the thing that that's where all of my best plays come from in that respect, that that's the 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 interrogation that starts for me. And that's where the story comes from. Um, Inevitably, I mean, I can't say that a lot of my plays come necessarily from my own life, except that then, of course, every play is about my own life, right? <laughs> I mean, we can't, you can't separate yourself from it. It's just not that, like, oh, this thing happened to me, therefore I want to write a play about this thing that happened to me. I think that I'm not as important as that, frankly, um, or as interesting as the things that are happening in the world, and I'd rather be... Um, I think it's also my, you know, my experience of being a researcher and that doing that makes me very happy. But it's not just about there's some plays and I won't, you know, say which plays these are that my husband calls Wikipedia plays. And it feels like there's been just been a lot of facts that have been aggregated and then show up in the play, but they don't feel integrated yet. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel like a real human story yet. It's just like, oh, yeah, you you looked up some stuff. You sure did. Look at that, because there it is in the lines. Um, and right. so I really try hard not to write the Wikipedia play that if I'm going to do the research, the research has to pay off in a way that it still feels like a, an authentic, genuine story. Well, let me let me just uh, chime in there and say is that I came in later on your process with two degrees, admittedly, but I do remember holding uh, us all being in a, what, minus 40 degree uh, spot up there in, uh, up north of Denver holding a thousand year old ice samples, right? right. And uh, from there to the intimacy of the exploration that you explore uh, it, it, with, hu with humans it, dealing with relationships uh in in that play and then specifically from inception of the earliest iteration of safe harbor to now um i can attest to your you know the personal is political and the political is personal and that and, and if, in, in 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 live theater it needs to be that way you it, it can't just be a, a like you said a, a recitation of yeah. wikipedia facts it needs to be why do we why 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 are we caring about this moment now why are we caring about this issue I feel like what you just pointed to is in terms, because I know that you also teach high school students. There's something about uh, like when, whenever, when I remember, you know, when I was coming up as, a, as an actor, I was so concerned about my career path and where was I going to work? And I was constantly looking for opportunity and trying to figure out who I, who I was going to be, um, in, you know, in the world of acting. But then there comes a point where you realize like what you do is of, is of service to something that's bigger than you. That ultimately, that yeah. For, yeah. For, for young people to understand that reading the newspaper, reading articles, going to museums and, and seeing and actually forming an opinion about what you see in the world is, is as important as that career path, if not more important, because uh, that's, that's, that's really what we are, is in service of, of a conversation. Yeah. Um, you know? Another way to think about it is, you know, that I think you use the word, um, you know, observation and the deeply observational work of the theater is really important. Right. But I think it goes beyond just being observational um, because that always seems kind of distanced. Right. You can you can observe from afar and you can observe analytically, but it's bearing witness. Yes. 
which again, going back to the beginning part of our conversation, I mean, this almost deeply religious act of bearing witness, right? Yeah. It's about sharing that experience. And as theater artists, we bear witness every time. And I think sure. that that's, for me, the most important thing that I can do as a writer. Um, you know, I, I have to say, uh, when you first announced me as your first commission playwright, uh, a playwright I know in Los Angeles um, first said congratulations. And then she said, wait, Lower Depth uh, is mostly an African-American company, right? And I was like, uh-huh. And she said, how did you get that job? <laughs> And that was pretty much the way she said it. Um, yeah. And I said, they like me? I mean, I wasn't sure how to answer the question, really, but it was something that stuck with me a lot. Like, oh, yeah, a lot of people are going to be asking this. Um, and I yeah. was part of, for me, it was my own private job to myself, my own private um, uh, task that I yeah. had to make people stop asking that question. <laughs> um, yeah. And and for me, it was, again, about the, this, I had to spend a long time bearing witness myself to this story, to the people in the story, to make it as genuine and authentic as I could without feeling like I was the imposter playwright of this process, right? That's the, that's, that's the interesting thing about LA theater and, 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 and theater in Los Angeles, uh, that we have, we have celebration theater, we have Deaf West, we have Roby, we have the Geffen, we have, in, in, in my art, in my experience as, as a, as a, black man, as a man of color, as an artist of color, we are all of this, right? Like we can all share in each other's story if we share in each other's story. I'm of German and Nigerian descent. My wife is is of African and Filipina descent. Our colleagues, Greg and Berlin, have Caribbean in their heritage. And of course, African and and also New York City. So, uh, right, and so right. also, also Brooklyn, uh, the Republic of Brooklyn. Uh, but so in, I, I mean this deeply in the sharing of each other's stories and, and the sharing of each other's art, I think we all become, uh, better. Right. And then just to add to that, I mean, just to be clear about, okay, how does Tira Pongfus <laughs> fit into the mission of Lord Depp Theater Ensemble, <laughs> uh, you know, by evidence of the plays that you've done and, and your, your commitment to diversity in your, in your plays. Um, Literally in you your know, stage or in your stage direction, in that's your cast part list. Of it. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, we 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 have we recognize and are that people look at our company, Lord Up Theater Ensemble, as like, oh, they're black, they're African American. But as Jason just pointed out, what we what our company also brings to the table is a very diverse understanding of what it is to be uh, African American from the African diaspora yeah. in America. And our part yeah. of our mission is. Mm -hmm. The lens of the African diaspora, meaning from there are so many cultures that black people touch yeah. and mm -hmm. interact. Right. And there's so many stories within that. And to honor the richness of all of 
that. And, and, and Tara, I mean, like, to go back to what we talked about earlier, to personalize it, right? Like personal is political. I was adopted by a man who probably grew up down the street from you in Albert Lee, Minnesota. Right. right. A white man. <laughs> yeah, a, right. A so, I mean, so that's a Scandin of Scandinavian descent. This, the, my, my adopted family is of Scandinavian mm -hmm. and German descent. We, we share in each other's story immediately. And uh, for it, it, it's about the work. And like you said, you, you, well, your answer, why? Because they like you. We don't just like you. A, we love you. B, we respect you and the work that you do. And we feel honored that you would spend 12 to 18 months of your precious time exploring this issue of child sex trafficking with us yeah. and humanizing it in a, in a profound way that we can now share with audiences that will be shared with audiences after this production. And that's just a, that's, and I, that's thrilling. And also, Tara, I think it's it's also great to point out that even in our process of creating the play, what we've also been able to do is to be to be able to talk about race and storytelling. Right. And to be able to talk yeah. about, and to be able to do it not within our own like community of people of color, but with, people who are not of color. Do you know what I mean? Like those yeah. kinds of things, those kinds of conversations within the creation of art are important. Those well, hard questions of yeah. like, I don't think that, that we would say this from that point of view. Right. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? And to talk about that yeah. and take that conversation outside of just the creating of the art, but into the world when you're having everyday interactions with people. And if people, if people's takeaway, if an audience's takeaway from their seeing, uh, viewing, bearing witness to Safe Harbor, in its in its brutal truth and honesty, is that you're white. Mm -hmm. Then they miss the fucking point. Right. 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 Like that's that's the problem of that's the fundamental issue of race relations in the problem of race relations in America. If that's their takeaway, then mm. then they've missed. And so part of it is about disrupting the way that we talk about these things. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if the if the future is intersectional, then the future of theater is also intersectional, and if and we have to find ways to embrace that. Um, one of the problems, in I think, with with regards to race structures in in American theater, is the haters are going to hate. If, <laughs> it, it's James Baldwin, right, who said, you know, if 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 your disagreement with me is based on my humanity, if you don't believe I'm a man. Then we're gonna have issues, right? We can disagree to disagree and all of that stuff, but mm. not if your disagreement is on denigrating me as a human. Yeah, Then you're not gonna be. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna see my humanity, and I'm not gonna try to prove to you that I am. Yeah, and what I love so much too is, you know, all of the artists that came together, let's say, to put together Safe Harbor. Like everybody's represented there. Yeah, generational. Mm. It's diverse. Um, culturally, culturally, it's diverse. Yeah. Uh, and the audiences from night to night are constantly changing. Like last yeah. night we had a most Caucasian audience. Yeah. The night before we had a most mostly black audience. The yeah. night before that, it was very integrated. So for it to be at its origin, to look the way that it does right now, the way it started, like we're seeing that our audi audiences um, are reflecting that, right? <laughs> we had a group of, uh, yeah. of parents, our kids' school come for opening night and... Uh, yeah. We gathered afterwards, we were there, we gathered afterwards and about five of the dads circled around me, uh, black dudes, white dudes, or Hispanic <laughs> cap. And all the dads were like, this is you or me. This is the whole, wow. this is you. 
and, and it was one of the most just honest, touching, revealing moments for everyone listening. Come see the play. We run through December 15th to see what we're talking about. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone instantly just connected to the humanity of the of the tragedy. That's amazing. It was a lovely conversation. Had nothing to do with race. It had everything to do with being a dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and look at that. It's ten twenty six. Wow. Oh, I was curious. Yeah. I was like, maybe. What's well, as we as we kind of what's next? What's next for you besides Thanksgiving uh, holidays? Uh, what's next is. Um, on Monday night, I'm having the first read through of a new play that I've written for UCI grad actors. Um, I just finished the first draft. Well, I typed end of play <laughs> this week. <laughs> I can't say that I'm done with the first draft, but I did type end of play. Um, yeah, exactly. It's just music. Um, so I'm... I've had a few new ideas about things that I want to um, uh, shift in the story. Um, it, it's about millennials. It's about um, uh, the unbearable whiteness of Whole Foods. It's about uh, <laughs> black urban farmers. It's about um, burnout generation. It's about all of these things. And the title of the play is uh, All We Ever Wanted Was Everything. Um so that first read through is on Monday and then I will go back and do some rewrites and then we'll workshop that in February. Um, and then the other next thing that's happening is that the first week of December, I'm going to Fort Worth, Texas to uh, do a week of uh, rehearsing and working on my play, The Way North, which was at Ashland, Ashland New Plays Festival. Um, I will be working with the folks at Amphibian Theater and uh, my friend and colleague, Danya K. Washington, will be directing. Um, and I'm very excited about that. Um, so, so yeah, those, those are the things that are next for me. Cool. Cool. We have, uh, I'm, I'm making my um, directing debut. Um, yeah. For film. Uh, this is Logger Lane's next step uh, in development. We've, I've written a story. My, my first screenwriting debut, so I can officially say I'm, I'm a writer now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're telling a story built around my adopted and meeting my birth family. Uh, right. uh, our show is called uh, Lifeline, that we're going to shoot this week, and then we're uh, back to the theater for four more weeks of uh, of your safe harbor. Nice. And, uh, we also uh, threw. Yeah. Uh, through, well, for Lord Death, we're working on yeah. our next, I, well, you know, Titar Turk is going mm-hmm. to work on our next commission series, um, which was inspired by a documentary called Girl in the River, discussing um, honor killings and uh, right. really taking a more of a, a global view and a citizen view of what that means for all of our communities. Um, yeah. And so we're really excited about that. That's nice and, in addition to the logger lane side of it, I don't know if Tier, if you've been able to see, um, we, the, uh, investment wise, we invested in a documentary called The Apollo, mm-hmm. uh, written by Roger, Roger Williams. Sorry, directed by Roger Williams. Just premiered on HBO a couple of years yep. ago. Um, so we, and then another film that's being distributed by Array, releasing called The Body Remembers When the World 
Open. You need to see this film, too. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. He remembers when the world broke open. Yeah. Um, it's, it's from an indigenous voice. Uh, two females, one who they, they directed it and um, so uh, uh, also star in it. And it's a beautiful film. I'll be on the audience. I'm excited about it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So many good stories. Lots of people, it, 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 lots of stories to tell, and and may we tell the ones both. May we may we tell them. May we tell good stories. May we be good stories. Indeed, all space for new ones. Yes, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Well, great. Um, hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for making this. Thanks for the conversation. Thanks for making this yeah. easy. Um, I feel like the only thing that was missing was like some rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but not at 9:30 in the morning. We'll see you back at the theater. Maybe we can grab some drinks. I know it's uh, it's it's a long jaunt down there to Irvine, and uh, and we oftentimes uh, fold right back here to get back to our kiddos. But right. uh, I look forward to grabbing uh, some 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 drinks to be soon and 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 Absolutely. continuing the conversation as they. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the conversation between Tara Palmquist, Jason Delaney Lee, and Yvonne Huffley. Play for Geese podcast is a production of the Ashland New Plays Festival. It is directed by James Pagliasotti. This episode was produced by me, Andy Neal, with art direction by Cara Quinn Lewis and written content edited by Carol Florian. Special thanks to AMPF Artistic Director Kyle Hayden, Associate Artistic Director Jackie Apodaca, and Fall Festival host playwright Beth Kander. Visit us online at playforkeeps.org. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Help us spread the word about this podcast. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. I'm your host, Andy Neal, and until we meet next week, remember, want to play? Play for keeps. Play for keeps.